And um, hey, welcome to church. Welcome to Pentecost Sunday. Uh, as Pastor Todd said, we're pretty uh, out there. We love a bit of Holy Spirit, um, Pentecost, Shabbadabba, should have bought a Honda, but I bought a Kia type behavior. And um, I want to encourage you, church, that being Pentecostal, you know, most of you probably know this, but I just want to say this, being Pentecostal is not necessarily just about, um, you know, running around barking like a dog or rolling around like a chicken or, I don't know, like being weird. Yes, there's some stuff that Pentecostals do that, you know, yes, let's be real, it's a bit odd, but um, I want to encourage you, church, being Pentecostal is, is about believing that the power of the Holy Spirit 2,000 years ago that came in the upper room uh, in, in Acts chapter 2 is for today. Uh, it's not dead and gone. It's not something that he just did once. It's something for today, and we believe that, and thus we are Pentecostals. That's what it means to be a Pentecostal. And, um, you know, this, this day is important. It's powerful because that same power uh, is available to every believer, every single person. And uh, in Romans 8, 10 to 11, uh, you don't have this on the screen, but that's right. It says, uh, in, if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of, the right, because of righteousness, if then the same spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. I want to encourage you, church, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead 2,000 years ago is living in you and saves you from your sin. But not only does it save you from your sin, it sustains you in this mortal life. And it's the power of God, the supernatural power of God that saves us, but it's also the supernatural power of God that sustains us through all of the things that come our way, all the giants we have to face, all the battles we have to face. So today, Lord, we ask for your, that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead to be here in our midst. We know it already is, God, but we just want to welcome it in. We ask for the fire of heaven to fall down. Come on, if you're hungry for a touch of heaven, this morning on Pentecost Sunday. We ask for a fresh oil this morning, a fresh anointing of the Spirit of God. We ask for the rain of heaven to be in this place today. We ask for the river of living water to flow mightily in this place and that the floodgates of heaven would be open. In the book of Acts, we read, um, you know, Luke, uh, I really believe that Luke was having a lot of fun uh, when he was writing the book of Acts. Um, there's a lot, of, a lot of good stuff in the book of Acts and it's loaded with faith and the, the supernatural of God. But in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4, it says, um, Then on the day of Pentecost, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, everyone say suddenly. Come on, everyone say Suddenly. There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house, the whole house, not just some of the house, the whole house, where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all, everyone say all, they were all filled, not just some, not just the elite all were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. 
And now in Ephesians 5, 14 to 21 says, Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep. Now, Paul's not talking about people who are asleep, like they're not having a snooze. They're asleep spiritually. They're they're spiritually dead. And, And Paul is saying to these people, hey, it's time to awaken we, it's, it's time for another great awakening in Jesus' name. Who knows, we need a great awakening in Australia right now. We need a great awakening across the globe. But here's Paul saying to these people, hey, wake up to the things of the Spirit. Arise from your dead spirituality and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly. Is that right? We'll go with that. Not as fools, but as wise, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wow. And do not be drunk with wine in which is uh, in excess, but in excess, but be filled, everyone say filled, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to, uh, in your heart to the Lord giving thanks always for all the things to God the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, submitting to one another in the fear of God. I want to just remind us all there that it says to be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Not drunk with wine, but filled with the Spirit. Not drunk with wine, but filled with the Spirit. When was the last time you had a, a fresh filling of the Spirit of God? That you got a little, as the old Pentecostals would say, you get, you get drunk in the Holy Spirit. Ooh, drunk in the Holy Spirit. Have you ever been drunk in the Holy Spirit? Some people are looking at me like, what are you talking about, Pastor Greg? Well, it's, I find it funny that there are some similarities between people that get drunk or intoxicated in the natural you know, on alcohol, and those that get drunk on the Spirit of God, right? Stay with me. Stay with me, all right? Um, you know, there's, some, there's things that begin to happen uh, when someone gets drunk in the natural, right? I'm going to, it's Pentecost Sunday. I'm gonna, it's Pentecost Sunday. Um, there's some things that happen in the natural when someone has had a little few too many Kool-Aids, if you know what I'm saying, right? What's something that they'll do? Well, one thing that they'll do is that they might start picking fights with people that, that, they sh- that they've got no business picking fights with, that, that they'll pick fights with people that are bigger than them, you know? They might, uh, they might start buying drinks for everyone, you know, get real friendly. They might get very affectionate. I don't know, that's a f- these are a few things that they'll do, right, when they're drunk or intoxicated. And um, not that I'd know, Pastor Todd. I don't, I wouldn't know. Um, but in the same way, in the same way, when we, I believe when we as Christians get a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit and, and get, quote unquote, drunk in the things of the Spirit and the power of God and the river of God and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, we too might start picking fights with things that maybe we wouldn't have picked fights with before. Maybe, just maybe, that thing or that issue or that 
depression, anxiety that's been going on in our life for far too long that we'd never had the courage to pick a fight with before because we'll just, you know, live in our life. But when we get drunk on the Holy Spirit, just in the same way that someone that's drunk in the world will pick a fight with someone that's bigger than them, the same way that when we are drunk in the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the power of God, we too will maybe start picking fights with things that we'd never picked fights with before. We will have a fresh courage to go up to that giant of depression, anxiety, insecurity, whatever it is that's going on in our life. When the, when the doctor's report's bad or the, 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 your spouse is ready to leave you and, and you you, you, you don't know what to do. Your back's against the wall. It's time to fight in the spirit when we have a fresh touch of the anointing of God, a fresh feeling of the power of Jesus Christ. We will fight like we've never fought before. We'll take on things that we've never taken on before. We might get crazy generous too. You know, we might, people start, people get filled in the spirit. They might, they get affectionate like, People that get drunk get affectionate. Like, I love you, man. Jesus loves you, man. And they just get crazy. But I want to encourage you today. When was the last time, when was the last time you had a fresh sip of the living water of heaven? The new wine, not earthly wine, but the wine, the, the new wine of heaven. He's making new wine. He's making new wine today in you, in me, in every single one of us here. When was the last time we had a good, a good, you know, good sit in the river of God? A good filling. God, fill me again. Fill me again. Maybe some of you say, well, Pastor Greg, I was filled with the Holy Spirit when I got saved 30 years ago. Awesome. When was the last time you had a fresh filling? We don't just have one filling, church. The Bible says that there's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Yes, absolutely. But the Bible also says to be continually filled, to remain filled, to stay filled. You don't just get filled once and then, awesome, now I'm good. No, we have to continually be coming back to the Spirit of God, say, fill me again, Lord. Fill me again, Lord. Gee, this week's been a bit tough. Fill me again, Jesus. I'm facing something in my life. Fill me again, Lord, because that's where the power is. The power is not in our ability. The power is not in our uh, intellect. It's when we get in the river of God and sit in the river in the streams of living water and allow God to do what only He can do in our life. And that's what the day of Pentecost is all about. Is that the anointing of the Holy Spirit is what will make the difference in your life. It's not just for the pastors or the preachers. It's for all of us, every single person. And the word anoint in the original language means to rub on or pour out. And in Joel 2, 28, it says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon the senior pastor. Or just the men. No, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. This is for all of us today. And I believe with all my heart that nothing can change a situation as quick as the anointing of the Holy Spirit can change a situation. It can overcome. You know, Jesus calls us to be more than overcomers. Be more than an overcomer in Christ Jesus. 
But we cannot be more than overcomers without the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We cannot overcome anything without the power of God in our life, working in us and through us. Here's another reminder for us today, church. Is this okay? Is this encouraging anyone? I'm a little rough. I've been off for a few weeks. But you cannot rely, you cannot rely on yesterday's anointing for today's giants. Now, let me, like, I'm not saying that God changes and that well, God could do it yesterday, but he can't today. No, I believe that for specific things, God brings specific anointings. And when we face things, well, we need to run to the Spirit of God and ask for a fresh anointing. Let me explain it like this. I wrote this down so I didn't forget. The um, story of David and Goliath. Who knows that story? Yep, of course. But when David went out to face Goliath, right, he... He didn't reach into his pocket and use a stone that he'd found six months ago in the field to take down Goliath. He didn't use a stone that he'd found even just like the week before that was still, oh, this is one I have. Oh, phew, I've got one. Whew, go, lucky. Gee, that would have been awkward. Hey, gee, don't want to be caught without a stone. Whew. Like, you know what I mean? He didn't, that's not what happened. What happened? He went to the stream. Before he went and faced Goliath, he went to the stream and got a fresh stone to face the giant. He went to the stream and got a fresh stone to face the giant. We have all got giants that we're facing. How do I know that? I don't know you all that well. How do you know? Well, God all but promises that, you know, that we, like, in this life you will have trouble. So we've all got stuff that we're facing. When did we last get in the stream and find a fresh stone, man? Can we get in the stream today? We've already been in the stream. It's been so good. But can we make that decision, say, I'm going to get in that stream when I'm facing that thing. My number one priority is not to try and work it out myself or try and just strive to figure it out, but it's to get, to be like David, get in that stream. Find a fresh stone, that, a fresh stone that the stream provides, the stream provides the stone. The stream provides the stone to take down your giant. Not you. You don't have to go and like make a stone. The stream will provide all that you need to take down that giant that you're facing. I don't know what it is that you're facing. But the stream, the living God the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Lord on high will provide the stone that you need to take down whatever giant that you're facing. 
Is this helping anybody today? Is this okay? When was the last time you got in the stream, got yourself a fresh stone and went and killed that giant that the enemy sent to destroy you? Make him regret the day he ever sent something after you to try and take you out. Make him, man, make him call a meeting with all these little demon buddies and say, hey, you know how we attacked that dude? Yeah. Mm Mm-mm. No. He knows where the stones are. So don't att- he knows, he figured it out, he figured it out, he knew, he got go to the stream, yep, they, mm-hmm, yeah. Those guys are still trying to do it themselves, so we can attack, you know what I'm saying? Whew, that'll preach, that'll preach right there, gee. Whew, be careful, man, make, oh, that's a good word. <laughs> Amen. Psalm 92 verse 10 says, I have been anointed with fresh oil. (sighs) Fresh oil. Fresh oil. There's fresh oil in the room today. Fresh oil. Don't let your oil go stale. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. There's nothing worse. There's nothing worse. I mean, there's people, there's nothing worse. There's things that are worse. Okay, I get it. But... Let's be real. Stale Christianity. Who's interested in stale Christianity? Who's interested in that? No. No. Stale spirituality, stale Christianity, stale church. Ugh. Yuck. I'm not into that. And I know you're not either. You only have to spend five minutes in this church and know that, man, this church ain't stale. Praise God. Hey, can we praise God? Come on. Mm. But... I want to remind us today, Psalm 92.10 is in the Bible, man. I have anointed you. I have been anointed with fresh oil. Mm. I feel like too many of us walk around with stale oil. Old anointings from way back when. I remember I had a conversation with a person uh, back in Horsham. And um, they were telling me about, they were an elderly person, and they were telling me about the um, encounter, this was before, it was on a Sunday before church, and they were telling me this story about an encounter with the Holy Ghost that they had in uh, somewhere in Adelaide at a Rodney Howard Brown. Oh, come on, if you you know, you know. Um, Power of God, you know, shabba-dabba-da, all that stuff, Tim Hall vibes, right? And I was like, oh, wow, it's incredible, like, hit the floor, bang, this, that, boom, boom, boom. It's good to hit the floor every now and then, you know. It's good to get laid out under the power of God. You know, it happened in the Bible. Um, And uh, I heard David Hall tell this joke once that um, it's good to spend some time on the grill, you know, lie down on the grill. Because when you get to heaven, you want to hear, well done. Thank you, Pastor David Hall. Um, where was I? Yeah. And anyway, this elderly person was telling me about this, and you probably know where I'm going with this, but during the service, I was a bit cheeky, and I, I was looking for that, that elderly person. I was looking around, and um, they, were, they were seated up the back, and I'm not judging, but they were seating up the back during worship, and they just had this... Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not look, look, Pastor Greg, you're judging people. I'm not judging people, okay? But I'm just saying, 
They didn't see, they seemed more, here we go, whew, all right. They seemed more excited about the anointing they had 30 years ago than the anointing that they could be having right now. They were more excited telling me about story, this, bah, 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 bah. yeah, that's great, Pff, awesome. But what about, the, the, it's, it's here today. You don't have to have Rodney Howard Brown on this platform to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. Is here available to us all, fresh oil. The fresh oil of God can do impossible things. The baptism in the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that when the disciples were looking for the guys and the people that were going to establish the church, they said, look for people who have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Therefore, it is, you, you can tell when someone's been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Because the guys said, like, look for people that have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Okay, all right, that's obvious. Like, if you couldn't tell, then why would they say, look for people that have been baptized? You know what I'm saying, right? So it's a, it's a, it's a recognizable condition when we have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Um, being baptized in the Holy Spirit is a, a identification that you have been filled with the Holy Spirit. The, the Spirit, Holy Spirit have come, has, a come, has come upon you. We are, the, the Holy Spirit dwells in us at salvation, but when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit dwells on us and we walk in and with the Holy Spirit. And it is a recognizable condition. Matthew 3.11 says, I baptize you, this is John the Baptist, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit and fire. When the anointing of the Holy Spirit comes and inhabits you, you can tell, you can tell. And I want to um, just touch on this, that um, the, the encounters with the Holy Spirit now uh, in the, you know, in the new covenant versus in the old covenant, like check this out, I was reading this, this, this is wild. Isaiah encountered the Holy Spirit, right? In chapter 6, verses 6 to 13, it talks about how the angel from heaven came and he encountered that angel. Mm. That angel put a coal from the altar of heaven into Isaiah's mouth, right? Why did he do that? That's next Sunday's sermon. But I'd, I'd beg to, um, I'd, I'd, I'd uh, bet a wager, not that I do because I'm a Christian, but Isaiah was never the same after that. He never spoke the same after that. He was very different after that. He was not the same. You are never the same after an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Paul, he encountered the power of God. He encountered the person of Jesus. It's still the power of the Holy Spirit on the road to Damascus. Took, booted off his donkey, blinded, never the same. He was never, turned Saul to Paul, total, ident his identity was totally transformed. 
who he saw himself as was totally transformed. Some of us in this room today need to see, need an identity transformation this morning and, and we need to look at ourselves the way Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit look at us instead of the way we perceive ourselves. Amen? Moses, man, he encountered God. He was anointed. The people noticed. How did they notice? Well, his face was shining. Murray installed some LEDs on his face. Not really. But he had to wear a veil. This is in the Bible. He had to wear a veil because he'd been lit up for Jesus. Got to get lit for Jesus, man. Anyway, what is going on? I don't know. It's Pentecost Sunday. And Pastor Zoran's not here. Shout out. Band, come up and rescue this thing, man. Can we get the band? Man, I'm there. Thanks, Ben. Legend. It's a recognizable condition, church. This is what I was talking about before. I did put it in my notes. Awesome. Acts 6.3 says, let's look for men with good rapport and who are full of the Holy Spirit. That's literally what it says. They were looking for people that have been filled with the Holy Spirit. And um, you are never the same after an encounter with the Holy Spirit. When was the last time we just sat in the stream that we got a fresh touch of the, 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 the fresh oil? Oh, the fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. It never gets old, church. It, it's what separates us. It's what separates us. Because otherwise, we're just a group of people with an old book that's, like, even without the Holy Spirit, the Bible itself, without the Holy Spirit, is just a book. It's got some good stuff in it, but it's just a book. The thing that gives the Bible, it, the, the Scriptures, their power is the fact that they were not just written by men, although they were, the human authors were men, but the ultimate author is Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, because it was inspired by the Holy Spirit. So even something like the Bible, the thing that is our foundation of Christianity, you, re, you remove the Holy Spirit and it's gone. It's, it's, it's the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Ghost. I want to tell you about a poem that I found. I'm not much of a poet, but I was doing some research and I found this this poem written in ancient Greek. Now, I don't speak ancient Greek, but I was reading this uh, blog on the internet about this poem on the... um, it's a poem on the process, the process of making pickles, right? From ancient Greece, right? What? Yeah. But this poem uses the, the word baptism in the Bible. The two words used for the word baptism of the original Greek language is also found in this Greek poem for the process of making pickles, right? Crazy. Now, like most people, I hope, I was under the illusion that pickles were just a real thing. That God said, let there be pickles. But God never said, let there be pickles. Because you can't just grow a pickle. Did you know this? This is deep theology right now. You can't just grow a pickle. You can grow a cucumber. God said, let there be cucumbers. But He didn't say, let there be pickles. Now, the thing about a pickle is that a pickle was just a cucumber. Right? Mind blown. Who knew that? Don't lie. Put your hands down. You didn't know that, right? Who knew that? 
But the process, this poem, this Greek poem, right, is crazy. It explains the process of making a pickle. The first process is that you take the cucumber and you, you dip it in boiling hot water. Boiling hot water and it softens it all up, you know, gets it ready. And then you put it in a jar of vinegar with a bunch of other pickles. You seal the lid on real tight. Then what happens is the vinegar penetrates the skin of the cucumber and transforms the cucumber into a pickle, man. And the pickle's no longer a cucumber, it's a pickle. It's revival. The cucumber's been hit by the Holy Spirit and turned into a pickle. And when it comes to the, what's the point? The point is that when the cucumber is dipped in boiling hot water, the word used in this Greek poem, which is the same word used in the Bible, is the word bapto to take the cucumber and dip it in boiling hot water. This is like what happens when we encounter the salvation of Jesus Christ, when our hearts are softened to what God wants to do in our life. And then when the next part of the process, when the cucumber, the softened cucumber is put in the jar with the other pickles and the vinegar, the word used for that in this poem and in the Bible is the word baptizo, which is to, which is to basically is to baptize the, the, the cucumber in the vinegar and it's pickled and it's transformed. It's transformed from the inside out. The cucumber is never the same. I don't want to be a plain old boring old cucumber. I want to be pickled for Jesus. Amen. You'll never forget that. You'll go home, but what Pastor Greg preach about pickles? Praise God.